Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse DePlanis. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. We're doing a sermon entitled, Doing the Things I Can't Do. Are you ready to move past the limits of what you can do and into God's supernatural plan for your life? God can turn your impossibility into a living reality. Now, this is part one of doing the things I can't do. This is a few years ago that I preached. I had a little gray hair instead of white, and it was such a blessing. And I have learned, bless God, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Call a friend, tell him to turn that television on, get a pencil and pad, take some notes. You're going to be blessed. So watch this and learn something from God today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. The title of my message this morning is Doing the Things I Can't Do. I began to look around my ministry and look around the things the Lord's called me to do and everything he's called me to do, I can't do any of it. Don't you think God got a sense of humor? Yes. That he picks people and you think, my God, Lord, I mean, they say you've never made a mistake, but boy, you did when you picked me. I can't do this. And yet he said, well, you're the reason why I, we are doing this because see, you can't get any glory from it. Only I can get glory. Now, I was born in the city of New Orleans. Actually, I was born in a suburb of New Orleans called Algiers, Louisiana. Don't go there. It's a tough place. And uh, the Lord has been good and gracious to me. Even when I did not know the Lord, when I, when I would use his name in vain instead of use his name in praise, I didn't believe much in a God at all, to tell you the truth. I wouldn't say I was an atheist, but I was an agnostic at that point. I thought, my God, the only person who can help me is me. You know, I was a me person. You know, do what you got to do. Raised on the streets of New Orleans, and you got to learn to survive. If you don't, you know, you die, just the way it is. And, uh, you know, and when the Lord called us to the ministry, I, I never forget it, it was on a Sunday morning in a little town called Homa, Louisiana, H-O-U-M-A, not Homer, Homa, H-O-U-M-A. And we was in this church called Terrebonne Full Gospel Temple. I'll never forget that. And the Lord spoke to me. And I mean, the first time I really ever actually, I could say, heard the voice of the Lord, that's strong in my spirit. He said, I want you to walk down there and ask me for a ministry. I said, I am not doing that. I mean, I, you know, he said, what? I said, I, I, I can't preach. He said, that's why I'm calling you. I said, but I don't want to do that. He said, that's another reason why I'm calling you. I said, God, I tell you what. I said, listen, I won't tell nobody that you asked me. <laughs> Just forget this thing. He said, no, I want you to do that. And I said, Lord, I, I, and I didn't. I said, I'm not doing that. I said, look, I'll help preachers. I'll help people. Because I was a rock musician, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, between 1966 and I guess 1974, I was a long-haired freaky boy. I mean, I mean, I could, ooh, Lord, I could do it. Screaming, down, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Girls screaming, ah! Young people, that's your mama doing that. Your mama was doing that. Your mama. <laughs> and, but I said, I, I said, I can't do that. I, I said, I, you know, I'll be a Christian. I, I, I'll do the best I can and I, I'll help as many people as I can, but I, I, that's not me. So I didn't. And for one solid year, I did not obey God at all. I tell you what, he bothered me. That's the right word, bothered. I tell you, no, I ain't doing that. So a year later, one year almost to the date, I surrendered. I said, okay, I'm tired of you hassling me. So I went down to that on a Sunday morning, that same church, that same town, a year later, got on my knees. I said, okay, God, give me a ministry. 
I said, Lord, I'll preach the gospel. And I knew it would be a traveling ministry. I knew I'd, if, if anything, I'd, I'd be an evangelist because I couldn't pastor because there'd be another crucifixion if I did. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't mess with nobody. You understand me? I've had some people say, I got a problem. I'll say, well, answer it. And get out of my face. Let me go on. And the word of God's got all the answers. You're going to get it. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have that pastoral, you know, <laughs> whatever, glory to God. Well, for one, I said, God, I'm ready. I'll preach any way you ask me to preach. And no one, and listen, during the year that I was disobeying him, I had about a call every week, a week and a half. Would you please come? Would you come tell your testimony? Would you come do this? You know, being a rock musician, people liked all that stuff. I mean, TBN, I mean, PTL, it was not TBN, it was PTL in those days. Make a long story short, I tell you what, after I surrendered, not for one year did anybody ever <laughs> said a word to me about the ministry. I got totally irritated. I waited the whole year. I never got one call. I never forget this. Finally, I, got, I said, God, he said, what? I said, I surrendered to you a year ago, and they used to ask me, and ain't nobody asked me nothing. He said, well, you made me wait. How do you like it? I said, I don't like it. He said, from now on, when I tell you to do something, I shouldn't have to urge you. You ought to immediately go do it. And I've been doing that ever since. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writing to the church of Corinth says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech. Now, if anybody could talk homiletically, hermeneutically, philosophically, theologically, the apostle Paul could do that. He was the greatest intellectual mind ever drawn to the realm of Christianity. This boy was brilliant. He wasn't like Peter. He wasn't like James. He wasn't like John. Those boys were Jewish Cajun. They ain't had a lick of sense at all, them boys. But this was an educated man, sat at the feet of Gamaliel. PhD. He's past having doubts. He's high. He's up there. <laughs> Glory to God. You can call him Dr. Saul if you want to. Brilliant man. Smart. Educated. <clears throat> Could speak excellent. Give you a 12-tape series on righteousness. Knock your socks off. I mean, he never copied anybody. I mean, you know, every sermon I preach, I've got it from someone else. He got it by divine revelation from God. He was writing the Bible as he was preaching. Isn't that something? He says, when I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So that tells me God's got a testimony. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus the anointed one and his anointing and him crucified. Now that's a very terrible position to be in when you're educated. God said, I want you to go out there and all I want you to do is tell them about redemption. I just want you to tell them about me being crucified, resurrected, and sitting at the throne of God. Now, this man's brilliant. He's got revelation knowledge. He's in Christ. My God, he can give you some word that just, just shake you till your shoes fall off. And God says, I don't want you to talk about nothing else other than tell him the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. Notice this. Verse 3 is a, is, a, is a verse I always had trouble with. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. This man wasn't afraid of nothing. Do you understand that? The apostle Paul was afraid of nothing. The Bible said he was thrown in the lion's den. A lot of people don't miss it in the scripture. He said, I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. This man would preach the gospel. They get so mad at him, they stoned him. Literally beat his brains out and throwed him out the city, left him for dead. He got up and said, bless God. God raised him up and said, forget this. And went right back in there preaching the gospel. That sounds like a man full of weakness, trembling in fear. No. This guy looked you in the eye and spit, brother. I want to let you know. I'm talking a, a very brave and courageous man. But this verse always bothered me. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Then it dawned on me. 
He could not use any of his ability. He couldn't use his homiletics. He couldn't use his hermeneutics. He couldn't lose, use his philosophy or his theology. He couldn't use his, his education, which he was educated beyond most men of that day. God said, I want you to get down there and just go talk about something simple. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is not simple at all. Most people think it is. He said, you can't use any of your ability. Today, all you're going to do is tell them about Jesus and him crucified. Now that bothered Paul because he couldn't use anything that he was born with. Now I understand that. When I first started the ministry, I was a singer. I would play, I can play every instrument that's on that platform up there. I made a living doing that and I made a bunch of money doing that as a kid growing up. What I'm saying was when God said, I want you to go to the pulpit, I went, no, no, you don't want me to go to the pulpit. I'll just get on a piano and sing, bless God. Well, walk on the water with me, you know, whatever, bless God. I'll be a praise and worship leader if you like me to do that. He said, no, see, I got into much fear and trembling and weakness. First time I ever preached a sermon, you should have seen it. My God. I gave an altar call. It was a, it was a good 30 seconds long. I said, if you don't want to get, I can't get you to come up here, but bless God, go on to hell. I'll see y'all later. I'm out here. Bam, out the door. <laughs> I, was, I thought, bless God. And people said, pray for me. I ain't praying for you, man. My God, I'm the one who need prayer. I, because God had taken me out of my setting. So I see this, and I was in much, uh, you know, weakness and fear and trembling because he could not use any of his own ability. He had to just go out there and tell them about Jesus Christ and him crucified. The title of the sermon this morning is Doing the Things I Can't Do. I preached 435 times last year all over this country and the world. That's more than one a day preaching the gospel. Come December of this year, I will mark my 1,000th church I've preached in since I started the ministry. That's a lot of preaching, glory to God. I mean, a lot of preaching. And, and, and that's amazing. And I mean different churches. I'm not talking about repeats. I'm talking about actual different places. I've never had a problem with ministry in terms of meetings. When I started, bless God, I quit my job. I don't tell you to do that. But I went home, looked at that phone. I said, I won't call a preacher and ask them if they'd like to have me. Nothing wrong with that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But I looked at that yellow phone. I said, ring. And the phone rang. I went, my God, it rang. <laughs> First thing I thought of was my daddy must be calling me. And it was a preacher, i never forget, from Lake Charles, Louisiana. He said, I was fasting and praying, and the Spirit of God told me to call you now. Can you come here tomorrow night and preach to my church? I said, let me look at my calendar. Didn't even have a calendar. <laughs> I had no calendar. I had just went into the ministry, never told nobody, never did nothing. I mean, you're looking at a ministry of faith, that's the way it was. And you know, I didn't have a spiritual father. I was an orphan. You understand what I'm saying? I was a straight orphan until I've adopted me a spiritual father now. But, but in those days, I didn't have one at all. I went the next night and went preach at that church. Come to find out, there was about 15 pastors there. Well, my God, on my first message in the full-time ministry, I booked seven weeks of revivals that night. And then the full gospel businessmen association called that preacher that had called me and said, we got a problem. Our singer just got sick. You got anybody can help us? He said, I got a kid that can do this. I had brown hair in those days. I really did. I had brown hair. He said, Jesse, can you do this uh, Saturday night, which is the next night? I said, yeah. I went down there and I just sang and the guy said, the testimony God didn't show up. So he said, why don't you just give your testimony? So I wound up doing that and from Friday to Saturday, I booked 15 revivals. Bless <laughs> God, Saturday night. Come Sunday morning, I started Sunday morning. Within five or six weeks, I had 51 revivals preached. I mean, booked completely for the whole year. It's been like that since 1978. And had a chance to breathe. You understand what I'm saying? You want to walk by faith? 
Let's get out there and, get see, and watch what God will do. But the other day I was flying home. I was so excited. I was going home. I had a week off. <laughs> Glory to God. So I flew in. I hadn't seen anybody for a while. So I thought, I'm going to walk around my own ministry. I'm going to just go to different departments. So, man, I said, I'm going to go over to the television department. So I walked into the television department. And there's Todd Panel and Gary Gilbert and Ed and what's that other boy, uh, Kevin and all them people. And uh, <laughs> I said, hey, hey, brother Jesse, how you doing? Brother Jesse, we need some cameras. I said, we got five of them. What do we need two more for? Well, we need this camera because you're starting to preach in bigger auditoriums. A lot of people come to your meetings, and we need a lens that can suck a fly off the wall at 100 yards. That means, my God, you pick your nose, we can suck it right in here. Bless God, get you right there at 100 yards. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, really? Oh, we got to have it. I said, how much that cost? He said, $150,000 a piece. I said, what? He said, we need two of them. I said to myself, I'm out of here, Jack. I don't want to talk to y'all no more. I'm good blessed. So I just walked out of that. I said, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. $300,000. I just got home and it just hit me for $300,000. So I thought, well, praise God, I'll just go over to the maintenance department because, you know, what does grass caught? Well, in those days, before I say it used to cost a lot, but I mean, I'm talking about real grass. <laughs> I, I, better, I better fix that straight. Like, let, me, let, me, let me fix that. I'm talking about real grass, not the other grass. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. I forgot we're in California, a bunch of dope-smoking people in here, boy. <laughs> Real grass, I'm talking about, you know. Most they could hit me for the lawnmower, you know, ain't too bad. I'm thinking, my God, man, I just got home, $300,000. I got to go buy these cameras. So I walk over there and I walk into the, into the uh, <laughs> maintenance department. I say, hey, Jason, hey, guys, what's going on? And I looked at Ricky, director of engineering. He said, I tell you what, we need a new truck. I said, what? He said, the maintenance department need a new truck. I said, how much that cost? Oh, about $27,000. I'm going home. I get out. I ain't get it. Bless God. Give me a new truck. Three hundred thousand over there in the tape department. I mean, in the TV department. Twenty-seven thousand dollars. Just wanted to say hello. <laughs> so I walked over to where they, where they duplicate and all my my videos and things like that. I walked in there. I said, "Hey guys, Kenneth Coburn's and Donald Collin and all them guys." And they said, "Brother Jesse, we need some more duplication stuff. We need sixty more duplicating uh, uh, racks." I said, "How much is that? Sixty-two thousand dollars." I said, I am, get out of here, man. I walked out, I said, they just looked at me now. Man, I got $300,000 at, at the TV department. $27,000, bless God, at the maintenance department. $62,000 at the video duplicating room. I said, my God, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm going over to the aviation department. It's out by the New Orleans International Airport. Surely they're going to be good. I just, you know, how much, there ain't nothing in there they need because I know the plane's doing good. I walked in there, bless God, said, hey, Steve, hey, Jack, hey, Dave, what's going on? Brother Jesse, we need $80,000 for this new piece of equipment we want. I said, get out of my face, Jack. I'm getting out of here. So my God, I got $300,000 at the TV department, $27,000 at the maintenance department, $62,000. This is all in a matter of minutes. I'm talking, I ain't been on the ground 20 minutes. You understand? I mean, $62,000 in the videotape department. My God, I go to the aviation department, $80,000. $1,000. I said, ah, I'm going over to partner services where we do computer stuff. So I walked in there and there's a bunch of girls. I said, hey, girls. And that's Tammy Moonahan. Brother Jesse, we need some new software. Your mailing list is getting so big and things are happening. I said, well, how much is that going to cost? Uh, $50,000. Yeah! 
$100,000. Bless God, get me out of here. I just left. I went up to the art department. They said, you know, we need all new Macintoshes. How much is that? $45,000. Now, I have been where? I mean, I got nothing forgotten. So it hit me so much. I go over to the maintenance department, $27,000. I go over to the television department, $300,000. I go over to uh, the video, $62,000. This is all in a matter of 20, 25 minutes. I go to the aviation department, $80,000. I go to partner services, $50,000. I go to art department, $45,000. Is there any place at Jesse the Planets Ministries that anybody got some money? Isn't it wonderful to be in the boss? <laughs> Doing the things I can't do. I thought, my God, what other department? I walk out to the, I said, I'm going to the construction site. Walked out to the construction site. And there's my, my, my contract, uh, brother I said, don't tell me. Let me just ask a question. How much? <laughs> well, it's about $150,000. <laughs> Got in my car. I said, my God, man. TV department, $300,000. Maintenance, $27,000. Video, $62,000. Uh, aviation, $80,000. Uh, where else? Uh, partner services, $50,000. Uh, art department, $45,000. Contractor, $150,000. Everybody hit me for money. My God, what do you think I am, a dollar bill? I said, I'm going to Kathy's office. I'm just going to see Kathy. Lord, I got. I walked in, that woman, she said, Jesse, I need $1.2 million and I need it today. That's when I fell on the floor and passed out right there. $1.2 You need what? Yeah, I want to do this television thing. Come on. I said, God. He said, I'm with you, Jess. I'm with you. I was in much weakness, fear, and trembling. This is all in a matter of 35 to 45 minutes. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, I said, God, what are we going to do about this? He said, you ain't going to do a thing about anything. He said, I am El Shaddai. I'm not El Cheapo. I can handle this. So praise God doing the things I can't do. So all of a sudden I said, glory to God. Well, the TV department's got that $300,000. The maintenance department's got $27,000. The department services got their 50 grand. The art department got $45,000. The aviation department got $80,000. Bless God, where else? The contractor got $150,000. And Kathy got $1.2 million because of what Jesus can do. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this message is inspiring you to step out in faith and do the impossible. Listen to me. If you're willing and obedient, there's no limit to what God can do in your life. No limit whatsoever at all. Don't resist what he's calling you to do. And you know what he wants you to do, so you can do it. Believe him and start living the divine adventure he planned for you. I'm telling you, he'll do whatever you can believe. And I mean this sincerely. I have a great question from a viewer that I want to answer today on the program. His name is Michael. He asked this, what is your advice for keeping my New Year's resolution? Every year I give up. How can I make this year different? <laughs> you ready, Michael? Don't give up. <laughs> yeah, but that's easy to say. It may be easy to say, but let me tell you, when you begin to give up, say, no, no, no. Greatest he was in me, Michael, than he was in the world. 
Start telling the devil and everything around you what God has done for you. Start saying it out loud so your ears can hear what your mouth is saying, Michael. And you won't give up on that whatsoever at all. You'll accomplish it every time, not some of the time. And I'm telling you, all you got to do is say what God says, and then you're going to do what God says to do. You know, I love how God is always on time with his word for his children. I believe that's for you, Michael. While I preached this message many years ago, I believe Jesus is moving over hearts in a whole new supernatural way. This year is your year to do and receive the impossible. And what I mean by that, what is our New Year's theme? This simple statement, what shall I do for thee? That's found in 2 Kings. My God, where Elisha asked that widow woman, what shall I do for thee? That's the new theme for 2021. You'll be blessed by it. And I want to tell you something. All you got to do is ask. I mean, and, and don't worry about getting greedy. Just simply believe God's word and watch God do the unbelievable, the impossible, because it's all doable. Can I pray for you right now? Father, in Jesus' name. We stand on the spoken word of God that the word of God cannot, will not return void. Psalms 89, 34, you said, my covenant will I not break. The altar, the thing that goes out of my lips. Lord, you have said it. You have decreed it. Now we declare it that it's going to be. This is our year because your word is so true. Bless each and every one watching today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. That's the word of the living God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I want to tell you something. God will, let me say it again. I'm going to say it a hundred times, maybe more. He'll do anything you can believe, but he can't do anything you can't believe. So start today and watch God do that supernatural work. Kathy's coming right now with some great glorious moments. Kathy, take it away. Bless the Lord and bless the people as they watch this now. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to Glorious Moments. It's so exciting to begin this new year by sharing testimonies of glorious victory from people all over the world. I've selected four to read to you today, and each one of them is a glorious moment in a life that has been impacted through our ministry, which began over 43 years ago. You know, since 1978, JDM has been reaching people and changing lives with the truth of God's Word through every available voice. And I pray that they will touch your life today and inspire you to experience your glorious victory. Let's listen to this first one from South Africa. It says, Good evening, Jesse and Kathy. Thanks for opening up the Word of God so we can better understand. And from California, it says, Shortly after I sent in my first $10 offering, God blessed me with $10,000 to pay down my mortgage. Thank you, Jesus. I love that. And then Indiana says, My husband and I have listened to your sermons of sowing a seed into fruitful ground. We had a financial need, so we leaped out in faith and sowed a financial seed into your ministry. We received a hundredfold harvest on that seed. We're sowing another seed from that harvest, and we are believing again to receive another hundredfold harvest. I love that. And then finally, Finland says, I have been so blessed with these boardroom chats. Thank you, Jesse and Kathy. You bring so much joy and inspiration, and faith always rises when I listen to your teachings. I love that. You know, God has made you more than a conqueror as well. So regardless of what difficulties you may have encountered in the past, Jesse and I believe that God wants you to triumph over them all. Romans 8:37 in the Passion Translation says, Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. 
Experience God more than you've ever imagined with Jesse's book, God is Not Enough, He's Too Much. You'll learn how to really know God, how to communicate better with God, how to have godly confidence, how to receive all that God has for you in your every area of your life. God is Not Enough, He's Too Much. Available as a paperback and an ebook from JDM.org. Are you ready to experience the God of the too much? Let me tell you something, it's easy. Just apply the principles I've outlined in this book. I wrote this many years ago, and it has literally blessed thousands and thousands of people. God's not enough, he's too much. Got too much grace, too much mercy, too much blessing, and he wants to give it all to you. This will help you. I'm not just trying to sell this to you. Listen to me. I don't write books or do products just to get money. I do. I said, Lord, give me revelation that can change people's lives. Here, not when we get to heaven, here. I hope you can get this book. It will bless you. It sold out in hardcover, I mean, my, 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 many years ago. And buddy, I'm going to tell you something. People love it. You want to get it? Go to jdm.org for all the ordering information. and You'll get this book. It will change your life. God's not enough. He's too much. I want to thank all my partners. What can I say? Without you, I could not do what we do today. Me and Kathy pray for you every day. Your faithful financial support is so critical to this ministry. And why it's critical is because we live in an economic world. And you know what? The hundredfold anointing is on my life. The anointing of increase is on me. And I pray every day for all my partners, a 30, a 60, and a hundredfold return for every one of my partners, each and every time, every day. And I'm believing God for you to get it. And I mean that sincerely. You certainly deserve it. I mean, it all belongs to you. It does. God's word is so true. All you've got to do is receive it. Also, for your January partnership, you can get my message. All you've got to do is ask. You know, everything the earth has belongs to you. How can you say that, Brother Jesse? Watch. When God created the earth, there were no sinners. Think about that for a minute. He created it for his children. But you can't get you can't receive any of it unless you ask for it. Make sure and ask for it and get a copy at jdm.org. You will be blessed. January Partnership will minister greatly to you. Thank you, partners, for being so courteous and kind to us. I tell you what, we've asked the Lord, you've heard me say it thousands of times, for every dollar given to this ministry to give me a soul into the kingdom. I believe that, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you, and the people say, you got unlimited energy. No, I don't. But I have an unlimited God. <laughs> I'm starting to preach him. Praise God. I'm telling he's unlimited. And since he's unlimited, I'm unlimited. And you are unlimited. And that's God's word. I'm telling you, man, this word of God is true. 2021 will be phenomenal if you just believe what I just said for his sake. Not for Jesse's sake, for God's sake. And he'll be a blessing to you. Thank you for joining me for this week's broadcast. Y'all have been such a blessing. Now, next week, we've got part two coming of doing the things I can't do. I always somebody telling you what you can't do. This program tells you what you can do. Thank you, partners, for helping me. Nothing too small, nothing too big. Help me get somebody saved this week. Be a blessing, and we'll use that for the kingdom. See you next week. Bye-bye. Jesse Duplantis Ministries is reaching people and changing lives one soul at a time more than ever before online. JDM is continuing to provide new faith-based content meant to strengthen your relationship with God. You can find weekly messages from Jesse and Kathy on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and more. 
So like us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and stay connected to all the exciting things happening at Jesse Duplantis Ministries. Realize that your brain cannot conceive these things. I'm talking about your brain, but your spirit can. When someone tells you, well, you know, now that's a bit strong. But if you know God spoke to you, don't let, write this out, don't let other people's experiences tell you what to do. Do what God tells you what to do.